Are you sitting quite comfortably? Then I'll begin. Hey kids, comics! Comic books. An art form early alive. We can rebuild them. We have the technology. With digital downloads and bookstore penetration, which sounds a bit rude, we can make them better than they were before. Better, stronger, faster. Hello, everybody. Hello, everyone. We are stiff, or we do not know what we are doing. Ah, fuck that noise. We did that gag last time, didn't we? <laughs> did we? Yeah, <laughs> I've already swore. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> do you remember we used to try and keep this clean? The, well, you know, we can be family fem- friendly, but the family's grown up now. <laughs> yeah, but the family is now significantly older. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 10th anniversary episode of Hey Kids Comics. They said it wouldn't last. Who? I don't know. I'm sure somebody said it wouldn't last. Us, probably, probably at some point. Michael and I are together for a rare occasion in the middle of these COVID times. Yeah. That'll date the episode, won't it? <laughs> um, we've got together to do... It was pointed out to us by Michael Bailey, friend of the show. Hi, Michael. That this year is actually the 10th anniversary of Hey Kids Comics. Were you aware of that? No. Neither was I. Till Michael pointed it out. But it is, isn't it? What are you now? 25? Yeah. And we started this. Had you just turned 15? I think so. Or had you just turned... No, we recorded it just before you turned 15, but we only released them after you turned 16. I built up a bank of episodes. How how did we record it before I turned 15, but then you released it as I turned 16? We started releasing it. No, you were still 15 when we recorded the first episode or so. No, I was 15. Yes, and then you turned 16 in the September that we started releasing episodes in, I don't know, October, November? Is that wrong? Yeah. Is it? In in what way am I misremembering the history of this this illustrious part of my life? I I don't know, I could be wrong here. I was never good at maths, but 16 (laughs) plus 10 does not make me 26. So what are you? I'm 25. Yeah, so we started when you were 15, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and I know. you're now 25. That's 10 but years. you didn't just say that. But I know. <laughs> if only we had it recorded so we could check what I actually said. <laughs> anyway, none of that matters. All that matters is that it was pointed out to us that it is the 10th anniversary of Hey Kids Comics this year, and you, of all people, came up with the idea of why don't we cover Doomsday? Again, I don't remember this, but you I'm don't, sure but it's you did, recorded somewhere. Because it was you, no, I think it was off her, that okay. you actually said what we should do is we should do all five of, is the five? Yeah. Five of the trade paperbacks Six. that cover the death and return of Superman. Yeah. I don't know how many there are. So I thought that was an exceptional good idea. Michael was down just for Angela's birthday. His mum, for those that <laughs> haven't listened to the previous <laughs> ten years of the show. By the way, he's my son. <laughs> Again, for people who are unaware. So he's down for Angela's birthday. And I said, well, why don't we do the first episode of those five that we plan to do, you know, should COVID ever get in a situation where we can actually meet each other properly on a semi-regular basis? And you went, what? 
Because you had no memory of saying this. You've got to read five traits in two days. No, 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 no. You only had to read the first storyline, which is Superman, the death of Superman. Aptly named. Uh, we have got here Michael's trade that I bought you for Christmas two, two Christmases ago. ago. So is that Christmas 2019? The last one that wasn't this one. Yeah, the last Christmas. When we did that Christmas, nobody could have believed that that would be the last normal Christmas mankind would ever have. <laughs> Christmas dinner wasn't ruined by the plane doctor saying wasn't. bring out your dad. <laughs> Just throwing grandma on the trolley as it passed. Yeah. So anyway, so Michael's brought his tread. I've got the second omnibus. Apparently there is another omnibus after that one. Okay. Because Michael's trades has stuff in it that my omnibus doesn't have. And so we've decided to go with the trade paperback for the death of Superman, which covers Action Comics 18 through 20, Adventures of Superman 496 through 498, Superman 73 through 75, Superman, The Man of Steel 17 through 19, and for the first time ever in a collected edition, News Time, The Life and Death of Superman. That is factually correct. That News Time magazine is not in my omnibus. Is it in the other omnibus? I have no idea. I would have to rely on somebody far more knowledgeable than I on the Doomsday Trade collections that have, that have been printed since this story first came out in 1993. Hey, Michael. <laughs> Michael barely would know. Yeah. I could probably Google it, but I can't be asked. <laughs> because. <laughs> I could I could look something up in 10 seconds, or I can record this and wait for it to go out yes. live, and then for someone else to reply. <laughs> to reply to <laughs> It's long-winded, but it's worth it, I assure you. The ramshackle nature <laughs> of this show is how we built such a rabid audience. Yeah. The fact that we can do something that seems as unprofessional as this made everybody feel a little bit better about themselves. <laughs> no, no one really likes us. We just make them feel better about yeah. themselves. <laughs> if those two northern chancers can do this bullshit... I'd have the confidence to put it out there to the world. There is nothing I can't accomplish. <laughs> I like to think that that was our contribution to the world. <laughs> oh, this was God. our contribution. Wow, I can die a happy man. Knowing my life was lived to the fullest. <laughs> and just for all time's sake, you're eating a, a chocolate biscuit. Well, I've, I've just finished You've now, just yeah. finished your chocolate biscuit. After, after you forced me to eat one. Well, I felt... You have to eat one of them. I, I felt... But Papa, I'm not hungry. Eat the chocolate <laughs> I felt that that was a nice callback <laughs> for all the people that endured you chomping down the microphone <laughs> in that gross manner. I'm a growing boy. I was trying out my ASMR career. <laughs> oh, I like that we're off the rails already. Here, I'll be trying a penguin bar. <laughs> anyway, the 10th anniversary. Do you remember that time we tried American chocolate? It was our highest rated episode. <laughs> There's us licking out ding-dongs, <laughs> chowing down on ho-hos, and I can only assume people read that description and thought the show was something completely different. I want licking out ding-dongs on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I think we ate Twinkies as well, didn't we? A mouthful of Twinkies. Yeah, a mouthful of, like, cream from Twinkies. It was lovely. Oh, this is highbrow entertainment. <laughs> Anyway. People listen to podcasts to pretend they're smarter than they are, and here we are. <laughs> no, no, no. People listen to this podcast to know they're smarter than this. 
But anyway, we have an email. Oh, so sorry, I've got tears in my eyes. We do have an email from Christmas, which was from Ryan Daly. Uh, from the Christmas Feedback Annual 2020 mm-hmm. episode that we prepared in the midst of a lockdown. That's how <laughs> devoted we were to providing you with your Christmas entertainment. Hello, Andy and Michael. Hello, Ryan. Going to say hello to Ryan? Uh, hello, Ryan. Hey, rude. It's very... <laughs> Thank you for another annual Christmas special and accompanying feedback episode. It's great to hear you two back again. Thank you. We got one listener. Yeah. So it's nice. That's it? where we are now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we did two episodes. If we did another episode of us eating food, that would oh, send us back up again. Off the charts, man. <laughs> Ratings wise. Ah. Since I don't expect you to read or respond to this email until the end of 2021. Ah, <laughs> see? That's where you're wrong. I'm going to go ahead and call my shot. Wow, can you believe so many of our podcasting friends died in that horrible <laughs> RoboShock explosion at DragonCon this year? That was so crazy and tragic, but also kind of hilarious. <laughs> I think it's hilarious that Ryan thinks DragonCon's going to go ahead. I was going to say the most unbelievable part of that is a convention. Yeah, yeah the RoboShock stuff's <laughs> perfectly within the realms of possibility. But the fact that a convention's going to go ahead, I don't think so. RoboSharks, brought to you by Facebook. <laughs> anyway, 2020 was a hell of a year, huh? It, it, wasn't, it wasn't great, was it? <laughs> to be fair. It was great to hear the two of you talking comics and movies yet again. It's very cool to hear Michael exploring lots of Japanese cinema, since I never hear anyone else talk about Throne of Blood. It's also a treat to hear you guys reference, even obliquely, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips stuff. I know I say this all the time, but I need to start collecting Criminal. I just read the deluxe edition collecting Bruin Epting's Velvet series, and I loved it. Fatal is one of my comics of the last 20 years. You really need to get on that one. I read it. Yeah. Based on, I read this email, obviously, when Ryan sent it on the 29th of the 12th, mm. 2020, and I dug out all my Fatality comics and read the whole thing. And it is very, very good. I still think the Fade Out's my favourite. Yeah. Something about the Fade Out, I like that it's... That's it's, the, the movie one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that it's, good. It's basically set in a 1940s noir crime thing. It's mm. not part of Criminal. Yeah. It's not part of anything else that they did. So I think I think Fade Out's still my favourite. I think, but, I think my favourite is, is Pulp. Just for the yeah, pulp was really good. Yeah, but has pulp come out since we'd recorded that? No, it was before. Was, was it, it the Western one? Yeah, I think it was before this. So what's come out before that? Is it Reckless? Yeah. Sorry, after this. Yeah. The first Reckless volume is out, and I've got that on my bookshelf, and it was really good. The second volume is coming out in April, as we record this in March. I also picked up Sleeper, but one and Scene of the Crime, neither of which I've read yet, mm. but Scene of the Crime got a reprint. So there's no oblique references to Brubaker and, and Sean Phillips on this. I love Brubaker and Sean Phillips' stuff. Yeah. Uh, arguably, the creative team that are actually keeping me interested in regular ongoing comics at the minute. Because, my God, Nick Spencer's Spider-Man run is terrible. <laughs> are you still reading that? I am still reading that, I, yes. I dropped it a long time ago when Ryan Otley You probably finished. stopped reading it at a time that the Kindred story started, and that's still going on. No, Kindred started at the start. Oh, fuck. <laughs> no wonder I'm rapidly losing the will to live. Oh, you know, it's it's not good. I hope that by the time you read this in December 2021, eh, it's March 2021, that you've both had a wonderful year, although not too wonderful, as by now we realise the sounds of laughter caused the RoboShucks to go crazy. (laughs) Oh, well, we're buggered after this opening, aren't we? Take care, and I wish you all the best, Ryan. Well, thank you, Ryan, for being the only person who replied to the Christmas episode. 
Probably because people didn't want to wait a year yeah. for us to get to the replying of it, not knowing that this was coming. We zigged. We zigged when we should have zagged, and thus we are dead. <laughs> anyway. Who knew that the RoboShocks only moved diagonally? Yes. Anyway, the death of Superman. The trade paperback cover is the cover to issue 75. Everybody knows it. Yeah. There's not really any point going into detail about it. Because this was so impromptu, I read all six issues back to back yesterday. Well, seven, really, because there's the Justice League one as well, isn't there? And you read them this morning. So we haven't got the usual, I've typed up, uh, incredibly detailed and well-researched preamble that I pretend to read off the cuff. God, we used to do those, eh? Notes. Yeah, I would have totally done that for this if we'd have had time. I believe you. Yeah, but we didn't have the time. Uh, The Death of Superman came out in 1993. Is it a sad state of comics and or Superman generally that there hasn't been a memorable Superman storyline since this one? Yeah. Go on. All-Star Superman stands on its own. Yeah. Not part of the ongoing well, narrative. Well, there hasn't... Superman versus the Clan was brilliant. But it was his own thing. But it is his own thing. Superman for all seasons. Own thing. I don't know. There's, there's got to be some big Superman moments in recent years. That we're missing. Somewhere out there. Bendis. No. <laughs> <laughs> Comedy gold. <laughs> Did, remember the time they did the they did the, the the doomsday doomed 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 yes that was a oh, thing yeah. I've got that on never digital. read it was it any no, good? I've never read it okay. I got it for cheap right dirt cheap on Comicsology and then they did like another pound they did another death of Superman mm-hmm. because DC is so inept that they thought that it wasn't the handling of Superman that made people not want to read Superman it was the fact that he was younger and handsome and <laughs> they killed him off to replace him with another mishandled older Superman. <sighs> See, I th- I think it got... Did it not get better when they brought the Superman back that had kids? I, I, I don't know. Because I can't... I think I read a little bit of Rebirth. Because I didn't understand the thinking. Nobody likes the young Superman. It, it, it can't possibly be the fact that we don't know what to do with Superman. Let's make him old and have kids, but is we still it, don't know what to do with him. Is it not that people did like what was happening with Superman and then New 52 came along and bollocks all that up? And so people didn't like what the New 52 was doing because they had started to enjoy what was happening just before it. I don't know, because I'm kind of in that... That's Superman really been any good since the turn of the century camp? But also, the action comics at the start of the New 52 was really good. Yeah, the Grant Morrison early stuff where yeah. he went back to being champion of the oppressed. Yeah. Yeah. And then they kind of made him go off and not do that anymore, didn't they? Yeah. So... And then he, he gave up his identity. Mm. And then Bendis came along. And gave up his identity after saying that he wouldn't do that. Oh, no. Do you remember Grounded? That was. Oh, fuck. We covered <laughs> Grounded. It that's, was, that's a pivotal uh, Superman story. Um, it's pivotal in the sense that you want to pivot away from it. God, it was awful. And then there was that controversy where he renounced his US citizenship, which we also covered. Which went nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> it was one story. It was it Action Comics 900 or something? Something like that, yeah. And then never, never dealt with again. Yeah. So it's it's not been a good 20 years. It's not. The, the, what, what's happened before? What happened in the early 2000s? I just, I the, the Joker War? Is that a thing? Emperor Joker. Emperor Joker. Yeah, well, that's the Jeff Lobed McGuinness stuff, which for the most part is quite good. Right, okay. But that was the era where they kind of abandoned the triangle numbering system. Right. 
but they were still doing cross-pollination between the titles. Yeah. And it was kind of like the opposite of this era. We're in this era of Superman, whether you had the four or five or however many books they had, I yeah. don't remember. Only one of the creative teams didn't fire on all cylinders for me, but the other three or four books were good. Okay. So you kind of ruled with the one that wasn't your bag. Yeah. Whereas by the time you get to the Ed McGuinness, um, Jeff Loeb stuff... Only the Ed McGuinness Jeff Loeb stuff is any good, and the other three or four titles are a bit naff. So you don't want to pay. You'll suck up one title yeah. that doesn't really float your boat if the rest of it's good. And so yeah, but when it's the other way around, you, you, you don't. Jump so you end up triangle. yeah. So you only end up getting like one part of every four yeah or whatever. So I don't I don't know I don't know what's going on. It just seems to me that there hasn't been a Superman story since the death of Superman and Doomsday. Yeah. That has in any way resonated with the general public, the reading public, the whatever. Mm. I don't know if that's fair or unfair. It's just my perception of it. But I think the fact that they keep coming back to this, not only have they done two Superman versus Doomsday animated movies, yeah. one where they compressed it all into a 90-minute movie by Bruce Tim, yeah. and then more recently they did it again, but the first 90-minute film was just the death of... And then the second 90-minute film was The Reign of the Superman. Okay, yeah. So they've done that again. It is pretty much the basis of Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Because, let's be honest, it's probably the only Superman comic Zack Snyder's ever read other than Dark Knight Returns. Which isn't a Superman comic. I don't know how many times that needs pointing out. And so they just keep seemingly... Co- they don't keep going back to bloody Nightfall, do they? I mean, no. they keep going back to the Dark Knight Returns. I mean, they, they, they did once, and that wasn't particularly good. Not particularly. But at least with Batman, you can actually point to all the places where Batman has had moments that have connected in some way post-Nightfall. So you've got No Man's Land is largely recognised amongst the comics reading as, as quite a good yeah. quite a good crossover. I think it's one of the best ones. Scott Snyder's run added the Court of Owls to the mythology. Yeah. You've got Tom King's run, whether you like it or loathe it, has added that old Batman, <laughs> Catwoman thing that, that bat, to cat the thing. mythology. Yeah, Bat, Cat, Cat, Bat. But did bat, he cat, add that? Cat, bat. That's always... That's yeah, it's been... always been there, but it's he's kind of expanded it beyond all reasoning. But with Superman, other than out of continuity or one-off stories, honestly, when was the last time a story resonated in the way that this did. Even this creative team never topped Doomsday. This, yeah. They tried to. Superman on trial and the whole electric blue suit where he looked like he was auditioning okay, to be no, a skater. That, that, that was fun. I enjoy those stories. I, don't get me wrong. I quite like it when he's the electric blue yeah. uh, ice dancer Superman. <laughs> Electron blue Superman. Yeah, I like it when he's him. But it's not really a storyline that there, there are remembered. no animated movies about <laughs> Superman as Brian Bartano, are there? Yeah. That's, that's not really a thing. Yeah. So, anyway, okay, so should we dip into to this? Uh, obviously, as I said, we didn't have time to do detailed notes, so we're just going to go on an issue-by-issue issue discussion. The first couple of pages in this are from issues prior to the start of Doomsday, mm-hmm. and it's basically just Superman, Superman, Doomsday punching a wall. I love the narration in it, though. It sounds like some kind of beat poem by a coffee drinking. <laughs> Unrelentingly. <laughs> unstoppably. <laughs> unbelievably. Doomsday is here. Aren't they all just Spider-Man titles? <laughs> <laughs> the unbelievable Spider-Man. The unrelenting Spider-Man. Yeah, 
Yeah, that, that does sound like it's a, a Superman title. Uh, Man of Steel number one has a cover by John Bogdanov and Dennis Janker, who were the art team of Superman the Man of Steel, alongside writer Louise Simonson, which is Doomsday still in his nice little green unitard, push, pulling his way out of whatever cell he was trapped in, I guess. <laughs> does this not follow my theory that Superman, sorry, Superman, I've done it again, Doomsday was suited for this story and we should never have seen him again? Uh, yeah. It's a hill I will die on. It, it's because they, they they carried on and explored his background and that. Yes, it was, it was all kind of cool, I guess. But Doomsday's here to serve one purpose. Yeah, he's the creative team have actually said he was here to serve the purpose of being able to kill Superman because it made no sense to them that Lex Luthor would survive this time. Yeah. However, all the other times he's failed, why would he succeed in killing Superman this time? Same with Parasite and Brainiac. So they needed somebody who they had no experience with that could just come in and kill him. That's the purpose of him. Yeah. He's a plot device. He's the MacGuffin <laughs> to get us to what they themselves admit is the real story, World Without a Superman. Well, yeah, it's, it's actually kind of interesting how the death of Superman aspect of the death of Superman is the weakest hmm. part of it. But even with, with that being said, I blitzed through all these all six issues of this yesterday. Yeah. I don't personally have any kind of problem with the pacing and setup of it. I think if you think that this is a balls out action movie, yeah. where the basic premise is this guy's gonna show up and just kick the shit out of your main hero, I think it does that really, really well. Well one of the issues jumping straight into it with this first issue is it doesn't it's not that kind of like blockbuster film that just starts and keeps rolling though. As we've discussed part of this era of Superman was very Marvel-ish. Yeah, the subplots and supporting so characters. And while this is the first issue of Death of Superman, it's still the last issue of whatever's going on with the underworld here. Yeah. So it's it's kind of, especially with this first issue, what I think is to the detriment of standalone stories in the triangle system Marvel way, hmm. is you can't really have stories completely in isolation when the subplot's still going. Yes, and I do, I would... See, I remembered like bits of this. I'm not yeah. as au fait with this oh, era as... But, same, you know. like, once I caught up in why Lex Luthor is a lion mane with a sex doll Supergirl... And, yeah, and, and Australian. Once, yeah. He's a most convincing Australian we've ever but seen on not, TV. It's not super important to know, and I like the subplots. I think comics should have subplots and be like a soap opera. Yeah. But when you're isolating it, you, you've kind of got to, like... No one really, like... If you're watching... Um, Batman versus Superman, and you want to read Death of Superman, mm. and you're like 15 or whatever, and you pick this up. What's going on? Yeah, there, there is an element certainly to this particular issue that is largely dealing with the subplot of the underworld and whoever this these characters are. And as you go through it, there are appearances by people like Emil Hamilton and Bibbo and all that stuff that means absolutely nothing to you if you're just picking this up straight. Yeah. Now, there's an argument to be made that these weren't written for the collection. They were written yeah. for monthly consumption, which is a completely different art form in terms of how you structure your stories. Yeah. You can give somebody Superman for all seasons, having seen, again, Batman versus Superman or Man of Steel or whatever, and said, this is a good Superman comics book story. Yeah. Read this. And they don't need any other context other than they know from those films, Superman was raised in Smallville by Mar and Park Kent. Away you go. Mm. That's all you need to know. This doesn't really have that, but again, it is a comic book from a different time. Yeah. And it's basically, are you going to judge it on whether or not this story stands up on its own, or whether or not you have to have that element of familiarity with it? Now, these were before you were born. Yeah. 
did you were, did you read the Superman com- my Superman comics that ran up to this, or did you just read Doomsday? If I remember, I think I I read the issues for this, but then carried on afterwards. Yeah. So once I'd had to like catch up, I knew carried on forward. But yeah, when you jump in here, there's you need some kind of background knowledge. Hmm. There is a which, little bit of context that you're missing. And it's kind of interesting because compared to the other big crossover, which is Nightfall, hmm. um, that does a similar thing, but benefits from those subplots, like with Batman getting burned out, yeah. is it benefits from having in those trades as the, the prelude to Nightfall, where he's, he's getting worn out and all those subplots matter because they all build up to him yeah. being tired. Whereas a story like this that does come out of nowhere... The only way to start it is... To just throw in. Yeah. To just jump right in. Yeah, because all this Underworld stuff is largely irrelevant to the overall story. Although I did really like the comedy beat of Superman thrusting a grade down Rocky Guy's face. <laughs> that, that's a brilliant panel. Yeah. Uh, that is a great And then it blowing up inside of him is quite amusing. No, Superman didn't kill him. Just going to point that out. But yeah, the vast majority of this is... And Doomsday doing evil stuff. Like, we know he's evil because he crushes a little bird. <laughs> so you know it's, evil. it's like the same scene that was in Frankenstein and the Incredible Hulk well I think that's what they're going for yeah. isn't it he's this unstoppable implacable monster you don't know who he is you don't know where he's come from you don't know what his purpose is and it kind of works for this story and I that's why I personally think the more they try to explain it yeah. and explore it the less interesting Doomsday got mm. sometimes not explaining everything is better yeah but I think the same thing about Bane, don't I? I think that Bane shouldn't have been seen again after Nightfall. <laughs> well, I, I kind of like Bane, and I was reading up what happened to him after Nightfall. Nothing interesting. And then and then he has to go track down his actual father, who's a drug dealer, and that leads him to team up with Rachel Ghoul. And <sighs> what? what, what? <sighs> That's what I mean. Nothing interesting yeah. was done with him after Nightfall. Mm. You know, some of those stories may be fun. The Chuck Dixon did some good stuff. Yep. The same with Doomsday. The, there's a three-part Hunter Prey yeah. mini that Dan Jurgens did that I vaguely remember being good. Mm. But, you know. I mean, there's some cute bits in this. I love Superman. Kick it, Superman. Lois kicking Superman in the butt. <laughs> That's yeah. quite amusing. Uh, I do love that uh, we, we once again emphasise how awful Doomsday is by having him crush Optimus Prime. <laughs> Which he does again later on. Which he does later on, yeah. He doesn't like truckers, he does he? <laughs> Doomsday really has it in for truckers. I don't. Maybe on his planet, because you know I don't even remember where Doomsday came from. Do you? Uh, See, if we'd have done I, this as a regular episode, we would have done he research. Tied into Apocalypse briefly, because Darkseid's scared of him, and then he fights Darkseid, which is pretty cool. Right. But I don't know if he comes from before then. Again, I read these all like last year, but I have no memory of them. See, I, I've read them years ago. Because yeah. you read all these trades when I bought them last year, didn't I? Yeah. All right, so that's basically Man of Steel. We, we get um, a flag through to the Justice League. Little Oberon, who I quite like, is the guy <laughs> who just sits answering the phones, by all accounts. And uh, Doomsday has been reported having crushed Optimus Prime, uh, which he laughs at. <laughs> I bet in Transformers the movie, he laughed when Optimus Prime died, didn't he? <laughs> Oh, that's just callous. That's more evil than him pushing that, that little <laughs> yellow bird. Death of Optimus Prime. Yes. So Every time he hears the touch, he starts laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't we all? <laughs> uh, anyway, the next issue, Justice League of America, issue 69, one of my favourite numbers, um, is <laughs> nice. slotted into the issue here. 
I don't remember. You may remember this better than me. I don't remember reading this issue as part of Doomsday. I don't remember if I had this issue. I don't remember you. I I don't remember you owning it. I don't. But it, which is weird, because it's a part of the story. Yeah. But I wasn't reading Justice League at the time because I am going to upset people now. <laughs> this is that B-list Justice League, isn't it? I mean, come on. You've got fire and ice. Yeah. You've <laughs> Did got they go anywhere? No idea. I don't even know if they're still a thing, to yeah. be honest with you. You've got Booster Gold and Blue Beetle, who, let's be honest, are the Markham and Wise of comics. Oh, I love Booster Gold. I love Booster <laughs> but they're a comedy duo. <laughs> yeah, okay. You know, it's it's like basically sending Cannon and Ball in to fight giant haystacks. That's what this is. That's not a fur fight, is it? You know, hey, Three Stooges, we <laughs> want you to go and fight the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> The crossover no one asked for. Yeah, it's just not on. You've got Guy Gardner, who is a bit of a badass, I suppose, because he does seem to have a power ring, but he's a massive prick. Yeah. And then you've got my utter favourite, Bloodwind. Is the could get pills for that? You know, if I had Bloodwind, I'd go and see the doctor. I don't know about you. <laughs> Oh, there's the other one, Maxima. Oh yeah, Maxima. Well, I quite like Maxima I, I like her, because yeah. she comes from an earlier Superman story. Didn't he meet her on a War World planet, and she's a okay, Amazon yeah. Wonder Woman type bad guy or something? And she tries to go straight. <laughs> Wonder Woman rejected him, so he's moved on. To yeah, so he's moved on to Maxima. Yeah, uh, but Bloodwind. <laughs> if there is a more ninety superhero name than Bloodwind, yeah. I don't know we're what it is. We're not even at Bloodlines yet as well. No, we're not. And you know it's... you're in the 90s when a forgettable superhero has blood in their name. And, and we can actually point to you. Well, we know Gar Gardner's still around. Yeah. And we know, in some fashion, Booster Gold and Blue Beetle are still around. Yeah. Is Blue Beetle still mopping his brains up off the floor or has he got better? No, he's better now. All oh, right, he good. Was, last I think we saw him was in Heroes in Crisis. Right, so he's back around. Yeah. Right, okay. Um, oh, yeah, I read Heroes in Crisis. Eminently unmemorable Tom Taylor story of people just talking to camera. Uh, it's Tom, like if, it's if the they made Tom, a... Super, Tom King. Tom King, sorry, yeah. yeah. It's like if they made a modern family-style sitcom about superheroes with mental issues. But Wally West has a panic attack and then kills everyone. Yeah. That, that thing that Wally West does, you And know? it was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> But anyway, uh, Fire and Ice, I have, they're a nice duo, I guess. <laughs> I'm still not entirely sure what Ice's power are. Is she like, is she like Iceman? Have you read this? I, I guess. Okay. Um, I just like the fact that she has like a costume, but then wears a crop top on top of it. Well, she won't be showing her boobs, does she? Let's be honest. Isn't it the same reason they wore pants? But she's wearing a one piece and then has a crop top over it. Well, it was the 90s. <laughs> she's probably just on a Jane Fonda workout video. I don't know. That, her costume did very much like she'd just been to the gym, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. All right. So I don't know if they're still a thing. They may be. Is um, I asked you this yesterday, but for the, the purposes of the show, do you know anything about Bloodwind post this? No. Okay. I don't know anything about Bloodwind in this, and he's in this. <laughs> yeah, what is his power set? Well, because I'm assuming we're going through the Justice League subplots as well, because there's a bit where it's like, oh my god, I knew it was him all along. Yeah. And then there's a bit where Bloodwind's like, I need to go and recover, and he just disappears. <laughs> and you're like, what's all that about? Like Poochie the dog. <laughs> Bloodwind returned to his own planet. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you were reading Justice League in this period, he was probably an interesting character. Maybe. Maybe. We hope. We hope. Like Fire and Ice and, and Booster <laughs> Gold and, and Blue Beetle. But this essentially felt like it's a good issue. 
It's actually a really good yeah, issue, yeah. It's a really enjoyable issue. And the contrast of them getting their asses kicked while <laughs> Superman's on TV yeah. is really good. Yeah, because Superman's off being interviewed by Cat Grant for some reason. I do like his casual pose when he's sat in the chair. Like, yeah. he's, he's all too cool for school, even with the cape on. I still think there are some clunky dialogue bits with kids in this story. No more apparent than a fire and ice actual babes in person. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that Dan Jurgens was good at writing kids. <laughs> I mean, we see Doomsday again, and again, we know he's evil because he kills Bambi. <laughs> He does, he crushes Bambi's neck yeah. for no reason other than he can. <laughs> uh, the interview with Superman is actually the most interesting part of the issue, even though the issue's fighty stuff is fun as well. Yeah. Because it's fun on a level, because on the one hand, we do get to see Doomsday just completely trash the Justice League. Mm. This B-list Justice League, B-list, I'm being generous, this B-list Justice League are no match for Doomsday. Yeah. And he basically just stomps all over them. But let's be brutally honest, they're not a very good Justice League, <laughs> are they? No. What What was everyone else doing? Why, why weren't they in the Justice League? This, this? Didn't they establish post-crisis that Wonder Woman and Superman weren't in the Justice League? Okay. Batman was kind of a reserve member and he'd show up and tell Guy Gardner he was a dick and then leave. In all fairness... Batman does seem out of place always in yes. Justice League. It was completely out of place. He would have no interest Justice in League. it. No, he wouldn't give a shit. So, and now it seems that Superman has semi-joined the Justice League on a, a... This is what you're relating to, though. That this is all stuff that's happening in other comics that is not relevant to this story. Yeah. And he actually does say he's kind of a reserve member. And he shows up when they need him. And apparently when they really needed him, he was giving an interview <laughs> on TV. Because this issue is just brutal to the Justice League. And I said to you, you disagreed with me, so this is going to be interesting. I think this would have been much more satisfying if Doomsday had killed them all. Like Warren Ellis did with yeah. that Aliens crossover with but, Planetary or whatever. And like, like we were saying earlier, if this was written now, he would. they would all be dead. They'd all but... be dead. I guess there's this kind of they don't want to like put them under the shadow of the death of Superman. Yeah. They don't need to die. Maybe he's not interested and he just wants to push them to the side. Yeah. But so yeah. all that's that's valid. Yeah. I agree with you. But I can't help but think at least one of them should yeah. have been killed. And based upon the beatdowns that they all take in this, I think it should have been Guy Gardner. Because mm. he basically crushes Guy Gardner's head and snaps his neck. Yeah, and I don't know how he survives that. And I, I, this is largely forgotten now, I guess. But everyone thinks of Guy Gardner as the One Punch Guy, mm. where it, it it makes him much more of a stronger character to have gone toe to toe with with Doomsday, Doomsday, and yeah. walked away from it. Yeah, because he certainly he certainly puts up the best showing mm. of them all. Basically, Doomsday, as would be expected, Booster Gold's no match for this guy. No. Blue Beetle's no match for this guy. Fire and Ice don't seem to be any match for this guy. Bloodwind gets him one good punch and then he's like, oh dear. Would Beastical not have known about this? Or is that something they specify later with Wave Rider or whatever he's called? Yeah, well, that's the problem with Beastical. Technically, you should know everything yeah. that's going to happen, shouldn't he? So I don't know. I don't know. Overall, though, this was a very good issue that I think should have resulted in somebody's death. I mean, Blue Beetle comes eventually. close. Well, yeah. Blue Beetle gets the shit kicked out of him mm. and really does look a little bit worse for her at the end. Um, I do like that panel of Superman looking rough when he learns about what's going on and the dark shadows around his eyes and the S is black yeah. on the yellow background instead of red. And 
Jurgens does good capage. Mm. He does excellent work with the cape. I mean, very much like Spawn's cape, it seems to change size depending on what yeah. he's doing, but that's perfectly okay. And the end of the issue is Superman showing up and Booster Gold with his magnificent... Is that a mullet or is it just long hair? I'd, I'd like it to be a mullet. I want it. <laughs> I, of all the superheroes, Booster Gold would have a mullet. <laughs> the mullet survived into the 31st century. <laughs> Overall, that was a really good issue because it is basically just punchy, punchy, fun, 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 run, it's, run. It's, it's kind of weird. It's it's better than it should have been. Oh, yeah. As a crossover into the B-list Justice League, yeah. it is a better issue than it should have been. It is much better than it had any right to be and it's very entertaining to watch this Z-list Justice League get the shit kicked out of them. Yeah. <laughs> By Doomsday. Because yeah. it... See, that's the only thing, though, I think, that by being the B-list Justice League, you're still not really taking Doomsday that seriously as a threat. Yeah. It's not like he's just kicked the shit out of the Green Lantern and Wonder Woman. Well, it's, it's like in the, the Justice League uh, Unlimited show. You, you always knew how, how tough a bad guy was on them beating on Superman. Mm. But if they're beating on, well, kids... They don't look as intimidating. No, if you're beating up Blue Beetle, you're like, <laughs> let's be honest, you could probably take Blue Beetle, <laughs> couldn't you? Let's be honest. You know. I mean, wasn't one of the storylines that he put a bit of weight on because he was always sitting in the monitor room? Because <laughs> the by and large, this is post the sitcom Justice League, isn't it? Yeah. So this is after that. Yeah. But that was a really good issue. And like I said earlier, I don't remember, I must have read it since. But I don't remember if I had that issue as part of the overall storyline. Superman 74 picks up the story. Dan Jurgens picking up where he left off, which is pretty good. Blue Beetle's been beaten up. Maxima shows up. Where was she in the last issue? <laughs> she was the... Well, did she, she do anything? I, I mean, she's supposed to be some badass Amazon warrior. Yeah. I don't really think she did much. Her best character moments at the start of this one when she wants to go and fight. And they're like, no, we need to look after this guy. Yeah, you need to get this guy to the hospital. And she's like, but, but, but <laughs> he died fighting that, that's yeah. that's it's like she's like a klingon isn't she he died with honor and but he's not dead yet but he will be <laughs> okay it's like what's his face in lord of the rings oh my son's dead no he's not yet just throw, throw him on the throw him on the pyre <laughs> but, but he's, he's not he's dead, not dead. <laughs> oh theo theo it's not theoden it's the the guy who's not king yeah the guy who's a prick yeah yeah sing me a song hobbit <laughs> oh yes he grossly <laughs> eats all the grapes yeah. uh, it's your noble isn't it yeah there's, do you know, this is a tangent, there's an episode of Legends of Tomorrow where they go back in time to when they're filming Lord of the Rings okay. and they meet John Noble. <laughs> <laughs> That's how batshit crazy Legends of Tomorrow is. Anyway, it's at this point that basically it just becomes more mad fighting. And I think this is where the pacing really picks up. So you've got that issue of Man of Steel out the okay. way where you're like, oh, yeah, we're dealing with Underworld, Doomsday's here, he's, he's yeah. going to kill some birds and Bambi and kill Optimus Prime, but he's, you know. And then the Justice League issue happens, and that's really good. And then we cut to some stereotypical... 90s team. Nirvana fan. Dan Jurgens asking, what is with the kids these days? <laughs> the dialogue is awful. He is Ooh. a massive prick, <laughs> this kid. And I get what they're going for. They're going for this idea that he thinks Superman's... He's supposed to oh, be I like the audience analog, yeah. isn't he? I, I like this story and where it goes, but it's just... The, the dialogue in it is... I, I still maintain that Dan Jurgens is a better artist than he is a writer. 
And it's Same with, with John Burke. It's with his dialogue sometimes. It's just so funny. God, I hate you, Mum. You don't have any soda and no wonder Dad left. Like, <laughs> you, you, did, you were funny earlier on. What did you say? <laughs> yeah, Dad didn't leave because we had no soda. Dad left because you're a shit. <laughs> and I wanted to just turn around. So I'll go and live with your dad then and see how that works out for you. Oh, God. He's so unreasonable. Sorry, I couldn't go buy you some soda. I'm trying to look after your baby sister. Oh, fuck you, Mum. <laughs> He is Eric Cartman. Gonna go he? watch my Beavers and Butthead now. I mean, he does. He does have a moment where he's like, he catches himself for being a dickhead. Yeah. So that's all right. And then ice or fire, one of them comes crashing through it's the blue, window. It's ice. Yeah, yeah. The one who's the one who's, the one who's just been the gym. Oh yeah. That, that subtle, that subtle coloring thing just went right off my head. Yeah, ice comes crashing through the window. Doomsday arrives. Now, okay, this is something we discussed, right? Right. As of this moment in time, Doomsday is just walking in a straight line. Yeah. Just trashing everything that just happens to get in his way. Yeah. Right? So this house <laughs> just happens to get in his way. Remember that, I love lovely that he walks through the house. He can't walk around it. No, no, no. He, he, Specifically, he walks through this house. And what I love about this as well is Superman does his patented move where he just plants himself and lets Doomsday punch him. Yeah. And if you remember Superman versus the amazing no not versus superman and the amazing spider-man okay. the second one where superman fights the hulk right superman fights the hulk who is essentially a doomsday character he's basically just a big brute and if you get into a brawl with him it's going to result in a lot of property damage and a lot of death yeah so superman basically changes his tack and goes well i could go talk to this guy all day won't get us anywhere i'm just going to plant myself here and let him wear himself out and he's clearly having that same idea here mm. i'm going to plant myself here and let this guy just punch me until he tires himself out yeah. and Doomsday punches him and goes, hmm, and then literally <laughs> kicks him. Right, wins him. Wins him and knocks him through the house. Yeah. Which is one of the best moments in the thing because one of the things I have with this is just how smart is Doomsday. It's not really something to get into, yeah. but he's clearly not a mindless brute because he does punch him. He realises very quickly that's not going to do anything, and he just kicks Superman in the gut. Yeah. Well, aren't they going with that whole, he's an adapting hunter kind yeah. of thing? Yeah, so there's there's more to him than what's going on, or than what we think is going on. Hmm. And again here, this goes to where I think maybe the JLA should have suffered a death or so. He basically picks Booster Gold up and face palms him into a tree. Yeah. Now, I don't know how strong Booster Gold is supposed to be. Well, he's got his shield on as well. Well, yeah, he has. That's true. But, you know. Uh, but also, what I, I liked about this is Doomsday, he just he doesn't seem to care that he's trashing things. No. He's just literally just stomping through. The question as well, does he have an end goal? Is he trying to get somewhere or is he just walking forward? Mm. What would have happened if Superman hadn't stopped him? Yeah. Would he have just carried on walking through the United <laughs> States of America just trashing everything that got in his way? Yeah. And Batman tries to... Man, to see that... There you go. Okay. Batman should have been in this story. Right. Batman would have stopped him because he's Batman. <laughs> yeah. Well, if Superman had simply given the kryptonite spear to Batman, <laughs> he would use the spear for its intended purpose. Which is to throw. <laughs> and if he'd thrown it at Doomsday, or basically just said, hey... Xena. I don't know your real name because nowhere in any of the movies has the name Wonder Woman been used. But I can't really use this spear because, you know, Kryptonite me, we don't get on. So if I give you this, you seem to be quite tough. Spear that guy yeah. and we're all good, aren't we? 
that's the... Why did nobody come up with that end? We just brainstormed a perfect ending to this. But then you don't get your raised from the dead on the third day aspect of it. Oh, that's true. Which yeah. is the only thing that Zack Snyder does now. What, what, we just came up with that ending. What I don't if, know what you're talking about. <laughs> but what if the Joker was a Jesus parallel? <laughs> oh, Wait, when you the, the, the Wonder Woman, no one named her in the movies. No, she's staying this. Yeah. Oh, that's what, a very good question. Yeah, yeah. Segue. Yeah. I'm good at this. Yeah, it's like we didn't do it for ten years. <laughs> But where does, where does Doomsday get his name from? Right. Booster Gold says Booster it's Gold. like some kind of Doomsday. Yeah, which is completely and totally a natural thing for somebody <laughs> to say. And then, all of a sudden, the media are calling him Doomsday. Yeah. And I can't find I anywhere that Booster Gold speaks to the media. Maybe the media reported to like talk to the Justice League. Right. And they also very naturally said, it's as if Doomsday cometh. Yeah. I mean, Superman does say to him, what did you call him? And Booster Gold says, I called him Doomsday. But that's different from announcing to the media, I have just called this guy Doomsday. What did you call him? Well, I said it was like a Doomsday. That'll do. No, Superman, no. He's called Doomsday. Superman, no. No, no, no. Branding is important. (laughs) I'm going to call him Doomsday, all right? Um, One of the things they do lay on thick throughout this whole story is people saying, he's Superman, he's going to be fine. Yeah. that's laid on a little bit thick. <laughs> the Titanic will never sink and yeah. Superman will never die. Pretty much. Uh, although, going to what you said about Dan Jurgens' artwork, the, the fight in this is pretty damn good. Yeah. Some of the, the splash pages are great. The well, anatomy all seems pretty cool. They knew where they were going, yeah. so they put all of their effort into making the fights look good. Yeah. And then everything else is secondary, really. Yeah, because basically they know that this is... It's not really... Well, it is six issues of fighting if you count the Justice League issue, isn't it? Yeah. The first one isn't. The first issue of Man of Steel is, like you said, it's wrapping up all plot lines. But yeah, this is very definitely... It's six issues of balls-out brawl. I do really like... It's the good bits of Man of Steel. <laughs> it's the last half of Man of Steel where the fighting is really actually quite good only someone remembered to turn the lights on yes only somebody remembered that lights I do, exist I do really like it. it's something that's kind of glossed over or forgotten but Superman isn't invulnerable he uses the solar cells mm. to power up yeah and the, the Superman now is just you know Superman yeah. whereas they, they mention a few times here that Superman has this energy reserve yeah that he's using up and that's why he's weakened and I, I really like that the, the, the kind of treatment of superman as not this godlike entity yeah yeah that's really good as as the issues go on he's actually getting weaker yeah because he's never had to tap into his reserves of power as much as he's ever had to done in here mm. which is one of the things yeah that's a really good part of the storyline that they're establishing see because one of the things that really bugs me about the way kryptonite is portrayed right is that you only have to introduce kryptonite and suddenly superman can't stand up yeah and you're like, surely it would be a cumulative effect. Mm. And the same when you take that kryptonite away from him, he wouldn't suddenly be back to full He'd power. He'd have to build back up. He'd have yeah. to build back up. So one of the things that is really good about this is that as the issues go along, he does start to, if you start punching him, he starts to bleed. Yeah. Because he is losing that reserve of, of solar battery that he's got. Like mm. solar batteries do need to recharge. So I thought that was really good. I like the cliffhanger ending of this one, that the obnoxious Nirvana kid is trapped in the middle of his house on fire, which I didn't get because I'm pretty sure Doomsday destroyed both walls. 
<laughs> so I'm sure he left he with could plenty go of like exits. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like the cut off from the door. <laughs> but all right, okay, I get that his mum's unconscious and he's in there with the baby. So all right, fair enough. And he's basically screaming for Superman to come and help him, and Superman is literally just about to get his hands on Doomsday. Yeah. And he has to make the decision of letting Doomsday go and potentially kill more people. Yeah. Or go and rescue this family. Well, I, I love the kind of, um, I don't know if it's unintentional or what, but in this, the ending of this is Superman is saying, I don't want to go back and rescue that one child because I need to stop him from killing more people. Hmm. There's some kind of unintentional backpedaling in the next issue and it's another writer saying, well, I was just going to leave it because I thought maybe the Justice League could rescue the kid. Yeah. At no point is that mentioned in this issue. Well, Jerry Ardway writes this one, the next issue, which is Adventures of Superman 497. Um, with Tom Grummet and Doug Hazelwood providing the art, my favourite of the artistic teams, yeah. it has to be said. But yeah, you are exactly right. And I actually prefer Dan Jurgens' handling of it because that is actually a legitimate moral dilemma for him. Yeah. Do I say, do the needs of the many <laughs> outweigh the needs of the few? Do I go back and save that one woman and her two kids yeah. or do I stop this monster from potentially wiping out another small town? Yeah. And to actually backpedal on that in the next issue and say, well, I, I thought the Justice League would be there. <laughs> I the Justice him... League, who I just saw get their asses yeah, handed to them. It gives him an out, doesn't it? Yeah. It gives him an out that I I personally felt undermined a really good moral dilemma for him. Mm. Because you know he's not going to leave them. Yeah. Superman's not going to decide to make that call. He's going to go back and he's going to save that family. Because by and large, that's what he does. Yeah. Mostly. <laughs> looks into camera <laughs> but it does give him a bit of an out that he's like oh yeah Justice League with her yeah okay whatever <laughs> and certainly it shows up that Fire and Ice and Booster and all that lot do try and help why Superman has this fight in mid-air and it's it's Tom Grummet's handling this again it, it's at this point as well isn't it that the panels change yeah so it's in the fourth also really part. Good. He realizes that Doomsday jumps can't fly, so he buries yeah. him underwater. Well, that that brought up another thing about Man of Steel. This isn't in the film, okay. But in the novel to Man of Steel, there is an entire chapter near the end where he's fighting Zod, and mm. Zod hasn't learned how to fly yet. All right, okay. and the entire chapter is Superman actually being smart. Yeah. Something we again we don't actually see in the film. <laughs> actually being smart, going right. If I keep him off the floor. And I keep him in the air, I've got an advantage. Yeah. And he basically just keeps him in the air and keeps pounding on him. And then at the end of the chapter, Zod figures out how to fly. Right. And Superman's just shit. <laughs> and it's it's the best chapter in the book. Yeah. And it's the same here. He realises he's got an advantage. But it does beg the question then, why could he not just throw Doomsday into outer space? Yeah. If there's no friction... I mean, again, that's just, we need to get to our destination, let's ignore yeah. everything else. I mean, if he's if he's willing to <clears throat> punch him into the ocean here, an ocean that I don't know where this ocean came from, because the last time we checked, he's, he was in the middle of the Midwest of America. It's, it's, a, but it's okay. a lake or river or something. Yeah, whatever. And he pushes him deep into the silt. The yeah. idea being, right, well, I've got time to go back, save that family while he crawls out of that. Theoretically, why could he not just hurl him into space? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying throw him into the sun and kill him, because by and large, Superman doesn't kill. <laughs> but... They can't see you do that. <laughs> all right, yeah, sorry. But certainly being able to look at a trajectory that he could throw him into space where he will not encounter a planet 
or anything. Superman yeah. could surely do that. Why can't he just do that with him? <laughs> I didn't, I, they never <laughs> answered that question to my satisfaction as to why he just couldn't throw him out into space. Yeah. Or at the very least, because as he points out, he can't fly. If I grab hold of him by the scruff of the neck and take him into space, or hell, I just leave him at Lagrange Point, where he's basically trapped between the gravity of the moon and the earth. That's what Lagrange Point is, isn't it? Yeah. He can't move. I've got him. Yeah. Mm, okay. I mean, the art is really good here. There is some exceptional art. I do like that as he's fighting him, Doomsday's unitard's coming off. He's onesie. It's falling off him to reveal it's his... such a dumb costume. It is. With those pipes that tie him up. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm presuming at some point in the later stories they do establish where he was and why he was trapped on that, whatever he was trapped in. Yeah. I presume. Because it does, it reeks of, let's just give him a basic placeholder costume so we can gradually yeah. reveal him. How those spikes didn't just... Yeah. spike out of the onesie though yeah because as soon as they start revealing the spikes it becomes ridiculous that at any point it looked like he was wearing a onesie what is it is it doomsday in something where the bones grow over where he's been damaged i don't know is that one of the animated movies is that all i think that's all star is it when jimmy olsen becomes doomsday Right. Where he takes damage, the bones grow out to try and heal it and fix it. They're oh, like right. a scab. So Grant Morrison put some thought into that. Well, yeah. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> right, okay. Because in here, yeah, it just shows. And well, Superman realises later on in the storyline that the the bones, the protrusions are essentially a skeleton. Yeah. So it's a skeletal thing. So if Superman were willing to kill him, I asked you earlier, so when he realises that, which is much later, mm. we've passed where we're up to, but we're going to jump all over the place. Could he not grab hold of again the scruff of his neck and just rip his spine out? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because if you were going to put Superman in a position where he had to kill somebody, mm. this would seem to be a perfectly acceptable situation for that well, to happen. I suppose by the time we get there, he is weakened. Yes. And I suppose it's still a bit of a struggle for two blokes to rip their spines out of each other. So I guess... Not, we... not in Predator. <laughs> I guess in, in in a weakened state, Superman might struggle to do that. Right. Okay, all right, fair enough. It is my That's no a, prize. That, that is a better no prize explanation than, okay, so why didn't you just put him <laughs> into space? Yeah. Because I, I, I freely admit I read all this yesterday, I may be missing that that was covered somewhere, mm. but I, I don't think that it was. Basically, Adventures of Superman is just a balls-out action flake. Yeah. Uh, there's lots of fighting. The subplots have gone away. Apart from Jimmy being Turtle Boy in a TV show, which I was like, what? I love Turtle Boy. Do you though? Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. But right. again, I really like the, the Grant Morrison concept of Jimmy Olsen with these many costumes. <laughs> I, I, I love it. It's stupid. But it makes perfect it's certainly, sense. It's certainly stupid. <laughs> but what if Jimmy Olsen was in the Godzilla costume? <laughs> <laughs> and this is, this is the first appearance of Lex Luthor, isn't it? In this storyline, and the first yeah. appearance of Supergirl, yeah. and all the way through it, Lex is like, uh, "We don't want you going out and doing this, Supergirl." My Australian accent, <laughs> fluid, indecipherable from the real thing. I think you'll agree. <laughs> but yeah, so this goes back to what you were saying earlier on. Lex Luthor at this point is the brain of Lex Luthor in a cloned body. That he has pretended is his long-lost son that he knew nothing about, yeah. who has been living in Australia. So Yeah, because wasn't it the kryptonite ring he had 
killed him yes. with kryptonite cancer. Yeah. And then he was like, well, yeah, I'm not going to die. I'm just going to do this elaborate ruse. Yes, I will elaborate ruse. <laughs> so is, that, is he actually from Australia or is he putting on an Australian accent? I don't know. <laughs> I can only assume given some of his dialogue. Can you imagine just watching it though? Like, I, Struth Superman's beating on that <laughs> cunt. <laughs> don't know that the Australians would say that. That's, a, that's an Australian thing. Oh, I thought it's, it was it's Scottish. More, it's one, more Australian it? than a can of Foster's is. <laughs> That's very true. I just, I just love we were on about this earlier. I think they should have just gone the whole log and cast, and, and cast Paul Hogan. As in, That's not a knife. As Doomsday approaches him. See, so you played Knifey Spoonie before. <laughs> but see, I love Australia. I love Australians. I, I never bought this guy as Australian. I, I thought he was British, actually, the first time I read it. That, that is actually valid because it does seem like the slang although a lot of Australian slang is our slang and vice versa prison slang yeah and we've picked up stuff like now worries from <laughs> shit like neighbours and stuff yeah. so there is a lot of cross pollination but I just, I just never bought his Australian accent especially the way they wrote it as well yeah or, or why he's got Flubber to dress up as Supergirl <laughs> Yeah, that's another thing as well. So Supergirl in this storyline is not Superman's cousin Kara Zor-El. Supergirl in this storyline is a protoplasmic blob of pink goo (laughs) that he pretends or makes look like Supergirl so that he can use her as a sex doll. When Lex Luthor gets bored of McDonald's McDonald's apple pies, he moves on. Oh, so so she can appear as anything, right? Yeah, so why Supergirl? So why why always a Supergirl? I mean, she doesn't. She, at the back end of this storyline, all the way at the end of Reign of the Superman, yeah. doesn't she pretend to be Clark Kent? Yes. Or something like that. Anyway. Maybe Lex has just got something for the costume. Well, that's that's not I mean, edible, but it's certainly something, isn't it? You know, he's, he's had a hard-on for Superman for years. He might as well have one for Supergirl, too. May as well have a literal one, <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah, the, the, this is basically just a fight scene. It's four panels now. And as the story goes along now, each issue will bring down its panels. Part three will only have three panels, part two will only have two panels, and one is all splash pages and so on and so forth. It's really well done by Tom Grummet. Uh, Tom Grummet is very much in the John Byrne mould. His work is very detailed. The artistry with Doug Hazelwood is great. It's another great issue that is basically just Superman gets the shit kicked out of him. Mm. And that's pretty much the pattern now. For the next three issues. And it's, it's quite good. Uh, Roger Stern, Jackson Grice and Dennis Rodia wrote Andrew Action Comics issue 684, which is the next issue, which is now just Doomsday is Near. So all of the issues seem to have Doomsday is Near, Doomsday is Here, Doomsday likes a beer. Doomsday, <laughs> Doomsday is Queer. Doomsday is Queer, Doomsday <laughs> one rear of the year. That, <laughs> that, they are the titles of all the issues. They saw him in that one, And they went, there you go. And here is Doomsday showing off the new romper. Actually, Doomsday is queer. That would totally work nowadays. Doomsday is the LGBT icon we didn't know we needed. Yeah. I'd be down with that. I think that would be perfectly fine. And that's why he's got a mad on for Superman. Enemy turned ally. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we, we have noticed in your credits in these trade paperbacks are different to the credits in my omnibus. Right. They have removed the editorial credit and the Superman created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster credit. For reasons I do not know. But at the beginning of the trade, they are mentioned. So maybe yeah. they thought, we're already crediting those guys once. Yeah. It's the only thing I can think yeah. of. Because surely it would have taken some effort to have removed it from the issues. Yeah. And 
uh, my omnibus as well, just to go back a page, actually still has the next issue blurbs. Right, okay. Which yours don't. They've removed them as well. And I don't know why, because it's not like they've made an effort to make this flow as one story, because the covers are all there. Hmm. So it, it just seems a bit weird to me. Uh, he's trashed a cinema showing Lethal Weapon something or other in the background. Yeah. 1993, would that have been Lethal Weapon 3? Maybe. By that point? It's going on a downhill slide by this point, the Little Weapon <laughs> movies, to be brutally honest. It's a three. We got there by three. <laughs> well, the first one's okay, but Mel Gibson's rampant homophobia <laughs> is borderline offensive. Hell no, it's not borderline offensive. It is offensive. It's um, fine. He'll say worse in the coming years. <laughs> he'll say worse, and he won't be able to pretend that it was his character. <laughs> yeah. That's what's quite sad about it. His apologies are more offensive than the actual statements. <laughs> Just Mel, shut up. Just don't say anything. We do get to a bit here where there's this panel here. There's there's some discrepancies between the dialogue and the art in places. Yes. Superman says that it's so easy to follow Doomsday's trail of destruction when it looks like a couple of footprints and some broken twigs in that part. Yeah, it doesn't look, that, that doesn't look like a trail of destruction, <laughs> yeah. does it? And what's especially interesting as well, he destroys Optimus Prime again, does Doomsday, because he really doesn't like truckers. <laughs> again, I don't know what he has against them. More of a Megatron fan. <laughs> He's actually a Decepticon. <laughs> The next issue, he turns into a transformer. <laughs> Nobody would see that coming. What the? Wow! You've just blown this story wide open. Uh, he picks up a car with a guy. I loved this he paved bit. the way for the coming of the Decepticon. Yes, the coming of Doomsday. God, I can write this shit. Yeah, you should. Um, he throws a car up into the air with a guy in it, and I really like this guy panics yeah. in a very quiet, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit way. He's like, he really does go into shock because yeah. of what's happening. Unfortunately, Superman catches him. But then Superman says, did you see which direction he went in? And on the very <laughs> next panel, there is literally a destroyed road. And I'm like, I know you're not the detective, Superman. I know that's Batman's job. But I don't really think you need to ask him which direction he's going in. Unless Superman's just trying to keep him chatting okay, yeah, and okay, stop yeah, him yeah, from yeah. going into shock. No prize. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I know that's a very good no prize. I like that bit. Mm. I like that scene. I think Superman spent far too long just chatting with this guy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, surely at this point he'd be like, let's get this car on the ground and get the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> but okay, whatever. Doomsday makes his way into a Lexmart. Yeah, well, this is the thing as well. It's, it's difficult for Superman to follow the trail of destruction, but he's perfectly able to locate Doomsday watching TV in a Walmart. Mm-hmm. Well, what was really weird about this as well is up until this point, they've established that he's just moving in a straight line. Yeah. So again, it shouldn't really be hard for him to find him. <laughs> he's just moving in a straight line. Again, Superman, I know you're not the detective, <laughs> but okay. Uh, and Doomster is suddenly attracted to a television screen advertising Warbash whatever in Metropolis. And then he suddenly starts speaking. He no longer laughs when he crushes little birds. <laughs> Oh, and he destroys Optimus Prime. <laughs> he starts saying, Metropolis! And it's like suddenly he gets a, a, a yearning to head towards Metropolis. So as he now to deliberately... To take part in the To take part in the wrestling. Yeah, he, he, it's obviously he's bad, man. I mean, he's dressed like one. I want to see Hulk Hogan fight Doomsday. Oh, Come at me, brother! That would actually be very, very funny. <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage versus Doomsday. And then, then Hulk Hogan's uh, reality TV show can just be him recovering from the Doomsday fight. <laughs> Hulk Hogan we now, we now return to Hulk Hogan learning to walk again. <laughs> Hand him on the ropes, brother! 
Do you know the episodes of the A-Team with Hulk Hogan in are the worst? Really? <laughs> Worse than the one with Boy George in. I'm not kidding. Anyway. So anyway, yeah, they end up having a fight in Lex Mart, which I thought was quite cool. Is there Wayne Mart? <laughs> Does Maybe. Bruce Wayne own a chain of supermarkets as well? But, but yeah, the, the, the trail where he decides to go to Metropolis. Yeah. Why? why? Yeah, does he change direction now? And if he does, how does he know which direction Metropolis is in? <laughs> As he looked at the roadmaps and gone, well, okay, if I'm in the supermarket, so let's just, oh yeah, here's an A to Z. So I'm here. He I'm at this Lexmark. Yeah. <laughs> so if I go north by north, well, oh, yeah, Metropolis <laughs> is that way. Past the Al's Toy Bar. <laughs> But again, that, that implies, Stop off in Subway. That implies that he was going somewhere yes. else before. Which <clears throat> was never the indication as you were reading through this story. Mm. The indication was always he's, he's ended up coming from somewhere we know not where. He's ended up here and he's just walking. Yeah. He basically came from Kung Fu and he's walking in one direction. And then he suddenly sees this advert for a wrestling match and he thinks, that's what I want to see. <laughs> And he then decides to go for Metropolis. Do you think if he stopped at another Lexmart and saw like the Monster Truck Rally was in town in, in Gotham, he'd go towards Gotham? He'd go towards Gotham instead, yeah. Or Kentucky. <laughs> more likely to go to Kentucky for a Monster Rally. NASCAR at Co City. Oh, that sounds yeah. interesting. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't quite sure on did he change direction and specifically target Metropolis there? Because if he'd carried on walking in a straight line, would Metropolis have not been there? Yeah. Would he have just carried on walking? And what would what would happen when he got to the sea? He'd keep walking. He'd just and what, just sink? Well, yeah, there's less fish that he can squeeze. <laughs> he can show how evil he is by crushing Nemo. <laughs> yeah. Just flounder comes up. Yeah. One of the things that we both pointed out in this one, Jackson Guy swipes from Jack Kirby an awful lot. Mm. You pointed out the teeth of Doomsday on page whatever, 116 of the yeah, graphic. It's weird things like arms and teeth. Yeah. I mean, the panel at the bottom of that, that page is very definitely a Kirby punch. Yeah. And there's an awful lot of Kirby concepts were drilled into Superman in this era. Mm. So all the Habitat stuff and all the Fourth World stuff and Mr. Miracle yeah. and all that stuff was 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 put in Superman because they weren't really carrying their own books at that point because yeah. nobody had really handled them any, any well since Jack Kirby. In fact, I would argue nobody's handled them any good since Jack Kirby. Yeah. Maybe Grant Morrison. Mm. Maybe Grant Morrison in Final Crisis. But anyway. And then we end up in Habitat. What? But I, I kind of like Superman's, like, oh, we're in Habitat. Well, of course, I've not been paying any attention. I've just been too busy focusing. Yeah. Why is Habitat deserted? Is that relating to a storyline that happened in the comics that we're not aware of? I, I don't know. For right. the sake of convenience. For the sake of convenience, we'll say yes. Yeah. Um, I think, again, it's a pretty <clears throat> good fight scene. There's not really a lot to say about it, other than Superman gets his ass kicked. Again, uh, which is becoming a, a running pattern here. It is nice that um, Guard is that Guardian. Guardian, yeah, shows up. Not Captain America. Not not Captain America, uh, although he wants to be. Uh, and we've moved ten miles in the space of this issue. We were sixty miles to Metropolis. Now we're fifty miles to Metropolis. So sorry. We're back to Superman of Steel for Doomsday. Louis Simons and Job Bogdanov and Dennis Janke with the art again. Superman started to bleed. On page one, like Psycho, he's actually bleeding chocolate sauce, not blood. Because I don't know whether they can put blood <laughs> I mean, on the cover. Who knows what the biology of Kryptonians is? It's very true. Where does yeah. Nutella come from? <laughs> it comes from Superman. <laughs> um, the first page of this is really quite brutal, as Doomsday literally just snaps a trucker's neck. Yeah. Again? 
That, that happens a few times in this issue specifically. You'll find someone who's lying there with their head crushed yeah. by a pipe. Like he's just snapped the neck yeah. off. And it's it's a, it's a what's his name. So we're now into two panel pages, so it is big, splashy fights. I liked that on the fourth page of the issue, page 130 of the graphic novel, that actually looks like a photo in the background. Yeah. Which is a trick that Kirby would do, and McFarlane would do, and John Byrne would do. It's an actual photo of a city. Um, there are two helicopters right near each other. Uh, one of them looks like Erwolf, which is always a good thing in my book, uh, just so we can set up a gag letter on. But by lad, this is a double X shows up. Again, if you have no idea who double X is, yeah. he doesn't mean anything to you. All of this, I presume, is X-sized when they do the animated features. I don't really remember much about them. Mm, they don't I've really seen serve them. any purpose other than we need to tick off these subplots. Yeah, we need to mention these for people that are reading the books on a regular basis. Well, where was double X and all that yeah. stuff? Whereas if you're reading it like 30 years later... None of that really matters. And this what, is what nearly... Is, what is... We're going on with Cadmus now? Is it still a thing? No idea. I don't know yeah. if Cadmus is even... I know it's mentioned in like the TV shows and stuff, mm. but I can't... I've, I've not been reading the super titles for a long time. Yeah. Um, he gets the, the wrestling moves. Yeah, yeah. The Superman does a wrestling move on Doomsday and they carry on fighting. Well, Doomsday's been practicing. He has. He's got a fight coming up. <laughs> he, is, he was watching Hulk Hogan on the screen. There's a brutal bit here with three people... It looks like three people approach him. Is this is this in Cadmus? Is that where this is now? No, we've moved past that now. All right. And Doomsday basically just... It looks like he only punches one of them Yeah. on the panel. But on the next page, the guy has literally got his, his yeah. head ripped off. And it is nothing but blood all over. Which I thought was really brutal for this era of Superman comic book. Not... You know, now we've grown up with Jeff Johns ripping arms off left, right and centre. <laughs> this isn't perhaps as, as violent as it was back in the day. But I still thought that was a bit much for a Superman comic. Mm. You know, I thought, no, what do I know? Um, massive explosion re- makes Metropolis shake all over the place. The two helicopters nearly collide. <laughs> Despite all that air space, yeah. they manage to get under each other's feet. And Lex Luthor finally says, go on, Supergale. God, <laughs> fight this strong guy doomsday. I don't need you to protect me anymore, Supergirl. Again, accent flawless. I think you'll agree. Now this... my eyes, it's like I'm there. <laughs> it's just like you're in Australia watching Home and Away. I don't know. Now, this bit's interesting. Right. Because this is a massive mistake right. in terms of later issues. As we've gone along, Superman's lost, been ripping off Doomsday's onesie. He now has these big protrusions coming off his elbow. He... Hmm. Basically elbows Superman in the rib, gutting him, causing massive amounts of blood Mm. to come flying out. Remember that, because when we get to the next issue where he's going toe-to-toe to to him, that wound has disappeared. Yeah. Completely. (laughs) Now he got better. He got better. Now, given how well editorially they have been throughout this story of making all this shit match, the fact that there is only a couple of places where they've got goofs like that is quite impressive, really. Mm. So fair play to him. What we've got next is one of the single funniest panels in the boot. <laughs> it is. I, I literally had a laugh at that. He punches Doomsday, punches Supergirl, who, remember, is protoplasmic gel at this point, and it literally squishes her face like he's just got swarfiga, you know, that stuff that you used to clean your hands with? And it just looks like he's thrown a lot of that at the wall. And Supergirl basically just becomes a blob of purple goo. <laughs> so basically, Lex Luthor was right. 
Super Gold made no impact on this fight whatsoever. I, I love how in her normal form she looks like ambush bug. <laughs> I love how like a normal f- what is what even is that? I don't even remember what she was. <laughs> I know there's that. Do you, ever, do you ever, like, read old comics and just think, why is this a thing? Yeah, why was this <laughs> why a thing? Why is this a thing? It was like, and I get that they wanted to make it so Superman was more unique and he was the last son of Krypton and all that stuff all over again, and they didn't want... But I'd fail to see how having a Supergirl that is a protoplasmic goo that isn't really a real person is any better than... Oh, she's his cousin. <laughs> yeah. Which is, which is the cleaner explanation. It doesn't make any sense to me. But, you know, what do I know? Professor Emil Hamilton and his missus show up. I don't know if they were married. Doesn't matter, does it? And Bibbo's here. Um, apparently they can float. <laughs> They've got belts that make them float. I don't know what all that's about. And then finally, the SCU show up, the Special Crimes Unit mm. for Metropolis, which is Maggie Sawyer. Um, good LGBTQ representation at the time when there wasn't any. Mm-hmm. And so because she's a great character, they instantly stole her and put her over in the Batman books. <laughs> let's make Lex Luthor a Batman villain. And then let's make Lois Lane Batman's he's, girlfriend. He's the only character that matters. Yeah, well, that's true. Uh, terrible Turpins here, and they go all out against Doomsday. It goes about as well as you would expect. <laughs> For two pages. Yep, the, the, they're absolutely no use. Uh, again... When they're fighting with each other, Doomsday guts Superman in the the side, ripping his costume. Remember that? Because, you know, Lex Luthor's Lex Men. Was that their name? I don't know. Because it should have been. They look like the the parademons. They do look like the parademons. Maybe that's where they came from, I don't know. And it basically boils down to one big knockdown drag-out fight that ends this issue and commences in Superman 75. Which is the same cover as the cover of the graphic novel. It's Superman's cape fluttering on a pole of some kind because he's dead. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it for you. <laughs> Every single page of this issue is a splash. Most of them are really good um, because it does feel like it's the end of a Rocky movie. Yeah. Where they've gone the distance and Superman's Rocky. Well, he's Apollo Creed, actually, isn't he? Mm. And Doomsday's Drago. Yeah. I must break you. I do think as well the the going down in panel sizes is when you're going at such a fast pace. It's, mm. a, it's a subliminal way of like slowing yeah. down the pace back again. And it's really interesting as well that obviously they wrote these to be single issues, mm. that they would take an approach that pacing-wise works really well when you read it as a collected edition. Yeah. Because remember, in 1993, collected editions weren't the norm. Yeah. They, weren't, they didn't churn out a storyline and instantly put it in a collected. One of the things that I really resent about Marvel when Joe Cusada came on board was that suddenly every single storyline mm. was written for the inevitable collected Six edition. Six to 12 issues. Yeah, because every single storyline was worthy of a collected edition. Yeah. And you're like, it's not though, is it? <laughs> Nobody really wants Grounded as a collected edition, do they? It didn't even finish. <laughs> I did. Chris Robertson came on, remember? Oh, yeah. And we and covered it got the back out. And it got better when he was writing it. Yeah. But, you know, we're not talking about Grounded. We've done that way back when. I don't remember what. Um, the Parademons, the Lexmen, whatever, they should get the head handed Lexman's to them. That's such a good name. Lexmen, eh? <laughs> that must be a good name. Notice Superman's ribcage is now fully intact, as is his costume. Yeah. So whenever he got gutted, that that seemed to go away, and it is, it is basically it is just one big splash panel after another of fighting. Um, I had a real problem with how close 
Lois gets to this fight. Like, she is literally in the middle yeah. of Doomsday and Superman punching the shit out of each other with no obvious ramifications. <laughs> like, her oh, doesn't even get out of place. She, she's always in danger. She's used to it. Yeah, what's she going to do now? He's dead. She'll be dead of herself. I love how in these issues she looks like Stringfellow Hawk. Like, she looks like she could pilot her <laughs> She does look pretty cool. She does look pretty badass in them shades. <laughs> the shades that seem to disappear in between panels. Yeah. But whatever. Uh, they have a quick smooch, uh, which, you know, Jimmy Olsen doesn't see because Jimmy Olsen... <laughs> no, but everyone's watching this fight and nobody <laughs> yeah, sees this. Everyone's watching Doomsday Superman fight. The entire city is out <laughs> watching what's going on. There are news cameras yep. in the air in the helicopters we've already established. Jimmy's right there <laughs> and he misses that shot. Yeah. He's... God, he's useless, isn't he? Jimmy Olsen. I think somebody should shoot him in the face for fun. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> but anyway, you know, there's a good panel of Superman there. Again, I like that uh, he suddenly had time to put eye shadow on to emphasise his, yeah, his blue gonna eyes. If you're going to die, you've got to look good. You've got to look good, yeah. And he goes into Doomsday. What I love about this is he headbutts him. <laughs> when in doubt... Glasgow kiss. Throws himself and then just like goes... Yeah. Yeah. Headbutt. Loose and then throws himself into Yeah, which is, you know, it's perfectly valid. And what we're building up to, that's a good panel. Superman gets rammed into the floor by the, like a pile driver. Doomsday grabs him by the ankles and just wham! <laughs> that's a great panel. I really like that. And I do like that people are all still... He's Superman, he's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. He's literally just had his head... <laughs> Pounded into the pavement. Laying it on really <laughs> But he's going to be fine. Don't worry it's about a flesh it. Wound. <laughs> You'll get better. Um, and again, this this really plays into what you've been saying. So at this point, he's not at peak efficiency. So he's just going toe to toe with him. Um, he gives him one last blast with his heat vision because the angry red eyes of Cliche have only come out once in this Lois story. Lois Lane decides to get right yeah, in between. Yeah, that's them. what I mean, Lois <laughs> right there in between the two of them kicking the shit out of each other. If she's any closer to Superman's heat vision, she can shave a moustache. Yeah, well, it certainly looks like Doomsday could grab hold of her ankle, <laughs> doesn't it? What would you have done if you'd done like thingy, like the Hulk did with Loki in the Avengers? Yeah. You grabbed hold of Lois and you go smack. Now, that would have been a duringly different take for this story to, to take. And killing Lois Lane would have certainly been a motivation for the male hero to get some agency, wouldn't it? <laughs> they can't see me do that, can they? <laughs> but anyway, I, I do like this fight scene. Unlike the actual issue, this doesn't have the fold-out. Mm. And my omnibus doesn't have it. And your trade paperback doesn't have it. So I don't know if, if that's ever been reprinted in that way before. Um, Superman 75, I actually have a bagged copy of this. Yeah. Michael Burley sent it me. I did it. He sent me a bagged copy of it because I could never get older one. Was it, well, wasn't that one that, because it was in the news, it sold out? Yeah. I don't know if it's worth anything now. Yeah. But I have an unopened bagged copy. It'd be really funny. Well. It'd be really funny if Michael just sent me an empty bag. I've <laughs> <laughs> already got the issue. <laughs> yeah, it's got the armband in it. Because okay. I've got two now. I've got one that's open. Right. And okay. I've got a bagged one. Oh. It's for your retirement fund. Is it? Yeah, it'll be worth at least a quid. <laughs> <laughs> Which post-apocalypse... In the future, that won't even buy me a pick and mix. No, it won't. It's Cur- very true. Currents will be Funko Pop in the future. Quids uh-huh. are worth nothing. So the fight is... It's, it's actually really well depicted. Dan Jurgens does a really good job with the fight scenes. And the, the what says. I am slightly confused as to his cape. His cape seems to disappear and reappear... 
as the story needs it. Because I'm pretty sure that if we have a Luke, he's, there, there, he's yeah. got a full, he's got well half a cape mm. still on there. But on the next panel, he's got literally just the bit that lives around his neck. Yeah, and I'm sure that if we go back, yeah, his cape pretty much got trashed in the last issue. So he's still got the yellow S on at the end of last issue. But when we go into this issue, he's not. So I don't know how the cape keeps following them, unless it's like a homing cape. It's just McFarlane rules. <laughs> what looks cool. Yeah, I, mean, I can go with that in comics. That's perfectly fine. So they're going toe-to-toe with each other. There's still, I like that Superman's got a hurry chest. <laughs> you know, Henry Cavill has a hurry chest. Okay. That's, that's why he got cast. I, I, I suppose that's good to know. Yeah. You've seen you've seen <laughs> top... Oh, no, you've not seen Justice League, have you? I've not. No. You're not missing anything. I've seen his moustache. <laughs> If we're discussing Henry Cavill. Huh? No, no, no. Nobody saw his moustache. Um, and I, I like that... My only problem with this, right, is how how does Doomsday die? He just gets beaten up. So basically Superman puts everything into one last punch. That kills him. Yeah. Just at the exact it's moment. A, it's a really strong punch. It must be <laughs> that Superman dies. I, I still think he should have ripped his spine out. That would have been... <laughs> I'm obsessed with this riff in the yeah. spine out deal. Um, but yeah, you know, it's the the final fast page is good. It's the last bits that are the most effective part of the issue. It's Jonathan and Martha crying while they watch it live on TV. It's been broadcast live on TV. Superman just kissed Lois live on TV. Nobody saw that? <laughs> we were looking away. The smoke. There was too much smoke, man. We were looking at the monster, not the kissing. Oh, I suppose, you know, the amount of, of grievous bodily harm that's been rocked upon the uh, the the metropolis skyline maybe there was too much smoke yeah you remember what happens when buildings collapse you know (laughs) that's what happens so and then there's bloodwind shows up with ice with ice fine and it's like where the hell have you been dude (laughs) so he's just done this knockdown drag out fight on his own and you got there just that minute too late. <laughs> oh no, sorry I was late. <laughs> sorry Superman. <laughs> I do apologise. Oh, I'm just dying, don't worry. So Bloodwind shows up with ice. Uh, no sign of Batman. No well, sign of Wonder Woman. Yeah, because around this era, Batman's really, really tired. Yes. Isn't Nightfall just about to kick off? In I think in the early issues of Nightfall, they're wearing the armband. Right, okay. Because I don't remember what's happened to Wonder Woman. Now, the thing with that is we can be sit here and go facetiously, well, Wonder Woman and all that. If you read the story in quick succession, it appears that it is is taking place no more than an hour, hour and a half for this entire fight to happen. So it's entirely possible Batman couldn't even get to Metropolis in an hour and a half, Mm. even with his super bat train. You know, I'm presuming the underground tunnels don't go all the way to Metropolis. (laughs) So he couldn't take the bat train to Georgia. (laughs) Oh, Metropolis. Um, I, I don't know where Wonder Woman is. Maybe she's, you know, doing some peace talk somewhere. I don't know. What was going on with Wonder Woman? No idea. Yeah. Never read Wonder Woman. Girls comic. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> never read it. <laughs> uh, to, in all honesty, in all seriousness, I know, I've only ever read Wonder Woman with George Perez and John Byrne. And only the George Perez run was any good. Well, what was it, War of the Gods, the other big crossover? I don't know that I'd call it big. I think Big-ish. it flopped mightily, didn't Did it? it? War of the Gods? It's still remembered. Isn't it remembered as being a bit shit? I, I, I don't know. I don't know either. But, you know, it's not got a deluxe collector's edition, <laughs> as far as I know. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is that. And um, the Superman dies. And credits roll. Yeah. 
And that was it. There is no hints whatsoever as to how he could possibly return in this story, in this issue. He's just dead. That's, that's the end of the, the story. The, there is nothing that there is no seeding of how he survives, as far as I know. Yeah. In this particular storyline, other than the mentioning, obviously the the whole body. How does he survive? Isn't it something to do with his body gathering? Yeah, he's not solar radiation. He's not dead, as um, we understand death. No, 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 no. He's he's not dead. Right. His his body is like he's dying. Yeah. But with the eradicator and the kryptonian tech they bring back the energy cells in his body or some shit right it, yeah okay i remember it having to do with the eradicator because the eradicator comes from yeah. his body yeah they have to put him in that gestation because chamber thing don't they, they have his body under the statue but then it gets kidnapped yeah and the eradicator takes it and puts it in the back to fluid yeah for him to recover so it's something like he's not, he's dead as we understand death. He's not dead as Kryptonians understand death. Yeah, because there's also that really, really good issue where he teams up with Jonathan Kent in the afterlife. Yeah, that's that's issue 600, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, that was really good. So basically, why did they not just have him put his catra into <laughs> Lois Lane's head? Well, that would have been awesome. <laughs> Remember. Anyway. Anyway, Michael's trade doesn't end though. Uh, it has the Newstime magazine special, which had some funny adverts in. Things are booming in Coast City. Hey. Which I thought was a nice subtle <laughs> bit of foreshadowing. Um about what was gonna happen to Coast City. Spoilers, it goes boom. And then there's just adverts for loads of stuff like Cool Brow and all that other stuff. What I was interested in with this, some of some of the what's his names are funny, some of the, the fake articles are funny. Um, I was particularly fond of the movie review for, where was it? Let me find the movie review that made me laugh. There was a movie review for a film called, oh, here it is, Courageous Man. And it's Courageous Man Strikes Back, the sequel to the popular movie, Courageous Man, where they basically slag it off for not being as good as the original and say that the Courageous Man television animated series that is currently on the air is better than the film. What do you think they were referring to? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not. Went right over my head. <laughs> Far too smart for me, that. I, just, I didn't get it. I, I did... I mean, there's articles reporting on the death of Superman and quotes from Bill Clinton and all that stuff. It's interesting where it's placed because it's, it's funeral for a friend. Yeah. Because it, it mentions the funeral. Yeah, but it, we haven't had that yet. Yeah. So having it at the end of this trade seems a bit silly. But what I liked about it, you've got the world reacting. And in a midst... Quotes from people, fictional people like Lex Luthor and Will Magnus and Frank Berkowitz and whatever, Wonder Woman. You've got quotes from real people like actor Shaquille O'Neal, science fiction author Larry Niven, science fiction author Eric Lusbarder is in this somewhere, I think. No, Samuel Delaney, sorry. William Shatner gave a quote about the death of someone. You're like, is there nothing that man won't do for a paycheck? And John Goodman... Okay. John Goodman is... Oh, there was Eric Lusbarder, so I was right. I was like, how oh, did they get these quotes off real people? Brad Roberts from Crash Test Dummies. Did they get the quotes from them, or did they just write quotes and then put their names to them? Yeah, but if they've done that, then they would have to pay those guys, wouldn't they? Okay. You know, you're not going to put a quote and attribute it to William Shatner, and then William Shatner go, I didn't say that, so in you. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I just thought it was really weird that they'd have quotes from real people that just seem to be random. Well, was 
this printed as an actual magazine? Yeah. Yeah, it was printed so, as a as like a, a piss take of News Time magazine. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, it just seemed like it was a random selection of people. To, I mean, is John Goodman a big Superman fan? I don't know. I don't. Or was it just good to get his name out into a yeah. comic? I mean, I know Penn Jillette. Penn Jillette's a comic book fan, isn't he? I know Penn Jillette likes comics. I'm not sure. I don't know that Shatner's ever expressed a fandom of Superman. Bill Shatner will do anything. That's true. He has said he likes the shadow. Okay, right, okay. So I can see how the two are connected. But, I mean, I get some science fiction authors. I get Sam Delaney and Eric Lovesparder and so on and so forth. Whatever. It is what it is, isn't it? And then there's a celebrity gossip column. My issue with this is because it was published at magazine-sized, it does not fit in this trade very well at Mm. all. And some of the pages seem like they've been published askew, so they're not quite straight. And some of the gags fall a little bit flat yeah. 30 years down the line. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, what is this reference? I don't I don't understand what this is reference. It's a problem with being topical, is it won't always yeah, be. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work, does it? And then at the back of it there's um is that the cover of Superman's Batman's Batman for fuck's sake. Doomsday's hand smashing through the Superman emblem. Was that the cover of the, the video game? Oh, I don't know. I think that was a video game thing. And then there's a couple of news clippings, Superman's obituary and all kinds of hints about I saw Superman pumping gas, Superman seen at the shopping mall. So they're setting up the the reign of the Superman. Mm. There's um there's a peculiar fight though. What was that for? Illustration by Dan Jurgens and Brett Breedins of Superman fighting Doomsday, but Superman's got the mullet. This'll be from Hunter Prey, because there's mm. Dark Side as well. Oh yeah, Dark Side's just lying on the floor. Badly. Yeah, and Doomsday's had a bit of a redesign. He's got more spikes. Yeah, and on that particular drawing, it is a mullet. It is. It's a it's mullet. It's definitely a mullet. It's not, it's not longer. longer. It's a mullet. That, that is my... Sorry, Michael Bailey. That is the hill that I'm dying on. That is, that is, that, <laughs> but that, that shot there is very definitely a mullet. Clark Kent business in the front, Superman <laughs> party in the back. Well, yeah. And then there's a shot of Superman and Doomsday coming right at you for a t-shirt. Neither of those images do anything for me. <laughs> but you know stick them up rise guy yeah. that's Superman Doomsday isn't it or yeah. the Doomsday War or something like that yeah, Superman yeah, yeah. holding the cape and then there's some preliminary sketches for what Doomsday was going to look like and what I found really interesting the fact that they had a board with yeah. all of the issues and what they would cover and what they would cover uh, yeah so that's it's quite an interesting little package that it's got more in it than my omnibus has mm. but I know that there is the second omnibus which I'm not well I think it's the third is it? I think mine's the second omnibus. Right. And that has more in it than the first one did. Okay. And then they did another omnibus that right. has everything in it. Because mine doesn't have the blood Why lines tie-ins. Right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think they're in the omnibus. Which are in these trays. Yeah. And mine doesn't have that Newstime magazine, yeah. which I presume is in the new one as well. Which is weird. Why Why does it take you three attempts to... To do it properly. Get, yeah. Because uh, it's DC. <laughs> they can get more money out of it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the ultimately the thing, isn't it? The Doom, there are people who will collect the Superman Doomsday storyline. Hi, Mike. And will buy every <laughs> every single iteration of it. Yeah. It's fair enough. That's what collectors do. Mm. But if you just want the definitive version of that story... But again, if you just want the definitive version of that story, are you bothered if they republish it? You've got everything you need. Yeah, and you don't need Newstime or Bloodlines. No, and the Newstime magazine... It ended nice that bonus. trade on a, on a bit of a do a note. Yeah. 
because to me it should end with the last issue. And then to throw that magazine reprint in there, which, like you say, is would have been better at the back of the funeral for a friend slash yeah. a world without a Superman. that ends with Superman's body's gone missing, yeah. which leads you into reign of. Yeah. So that news time issue maybe should have been at the front of the next trade. But maybe it's all to do with page counts and, yeah. and stuff like that. Because This is the flimsiest trade, it is. It is. Yeah, it is the, the thinnest of the five, isn't it? By the time you, you carry on. Okay, that's it. We did. We did a 10th anniversary special. We did. Always assuming COVID doesn't kill us because of this confrontation that we've had. We take tests. We're fine. <laughs> uh, for work. I've got my little test kit, though. You can see it. Right, right there on the table. Wow. Yeah, Poke around at my brain. Stick it up your nussy. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll try and do the other ones at various points throughout <laughs> the year. I yeah. don't know how that's going to work, but we'll see what happens. It's fine. We're back at work soon. We'll have no time to do anything. That's what I mean. So uh, this may be a one-off, or it may be part one of five. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, thank you for joining us. Ten years. Mm. Bloody hell. I don't feel that old. I don't, I don't feel different. No. I feel better. <laughs> just, in many ways just fatter with a worse hairline yeah well that just happened I, I got married <laughs> and put a stone on I don't know what, I don't know what fortunately your wife didn't you put away on get out so I just didn't kick me out which was nice um, so we'll we'll be back whenever we are back hopefully we'll get another couple of these done but if not Christmas probably Yeah. we'll see what happens take care everybody Goodbye. wear your mask don't burn them be safe and we'll see you real soon goodbye